We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up? Welcome to the Coachable Podcast. If you're new here, I'm so glad that you found us. If you're watching on YouTube, go ahead and press the subscribe button and the bell so that you can get notified every time we release a new episode because you don't want to miss any of them. This is the show where we learn how to do things better, whether that's business, relationships, mental health, you name it. We're all about growing, learning, and becoming the people that we have always been meant to be. And um, I'm super excited because today I am joined by none other than Lisa Bilyeu, who is not just a thought leader in the personal development space, but she's leading the charge on how to create radical confidence so that we can create the life of our dreams. And that's what we jump into today. Lisa co-founded Quest Nutrition with her husband, Tom, which grew over 57,000% in its first three years, became a billion-dollar company. And she also is the co-founder and president of Impact Theory Studios. If you watch YouTube, you have watched probably one of her videos because let me tell you guys, their content content has been viewed by a global audience of more than 7.5 million, but it's gotten over half a billion, B with a billion, billion with a B views. Their content has been viewed over half a billion times. And this content is life-changing. And so is the content that she is put into her new book, Radical Confidence. She's also the host of a digital series called Women of Impact, and she spends her days having real uncensored conversations about the most inspiring things with the most inspiring women, and she is definitely one of those herself. So this episode is all about how you can practically create radical confidence and step into creating the life of your dreams, because you can't do that when you're constantly afraid to fail and feeling insecure and all of the things that are really preventing us from taking that next right action. She gives you quality steps and how-tos for how to overcome the imposter syndrome, self-sabotage, and the voice inside your head that's telling you that you can't do it. So you definitely want to get your hands on this book, but also go ahead and grab a pen, a piece of paper or notepad so that you can take notes. And if you go ahead and take a screenshot of this, wherever you're listening to it, whether it's YouTube, Apple, Spotify, screenshot and um, add us, like put it in your Instagram story and tag the Coachable Podcast, tag Lisa, tag myself, Coach Tori Gordon, your host, and um, we will repost it, but we'll also enter you into a drawing to win a copy of one of Lisa's new book. Uh, books. So we're super excited. This book is out on shelves now, and um, let's just jump into this episode so that we can hear all about what we need to do to create radical confidence. Hey, yeah, how's it going? Super excited. Really just telling the story that so much of my life, like, is on social media and speaking, like, virtually or in person. You know, it was like thinking back to college when my mom had to give me a beta blocker, like a blood pressure pill to get in front of my public speaking class in college. Yeah. It's what I do. And it's just like one of those things you can see, like, part of me was not not prepared like was very insecure in this area and here I am 
here I am talking to you. Oh, that's amazing, homie. That's so cool. I love that. Yeah. Well, I'm super excited to talk to you. I first wanted to say, like, it's great to virtually meet you. And congratulations on of Radical Confidence. This is a super exciting week. And I was just uh, over peeking in on, on you and Gary talking right before this. And um, thanks for taking I want to like, just knock, like, I know you're busy. I just want to, like, dive right in and and out this topic because it's so important and I already saw people in the comments just saying like all the things they would be doing if they had the confidence to do it like what are the things mm. not do that if they felt confident or ha felt like they could be successful what would they do there was a lot of like going up to people and asking them out like introducing myself having the confidence to like feel like I can go start a conversation or put myself out there for so many people is like resonating before we get into all of that, like, tell me what and how you define radical confidence and why it's so important that we learn how to develop it. Because clearly, without it, we're being held back and limited in so many ways. Yeah, that's the thing. So I love this question. So thank you for having me on, by the way. I don't know if you know, this is my first TikTok live. Ooh, so I, I, I feel very comfortable in your presence that you know what you're doing. I'm like pressing buttons and I'm like, what am I doing? So that's radical confidence. In fact, there you go. That is what radical confidence is. People wait to feel confident in order to act. Radical confidence means take all the fears that you have, take all your insecurities, all your inadequacies, and do it anyway. Now, here's the thing. There's a whole different world of knowing something and doing it, right? So, so just telling people, just do it anyway, even though you're scared, is that doesn't necessarily help actually do it. So that's just the first part, is not waiting for the confidence. That's radical confidence. But now, how do you keep showing up? So like you even said, like people who may want to be in front of the camera, where they're like, oh my God, how do you get so much confidence? You're so good. Sometimes, right, when you're that scared, you can't just go, oh, just do it anyway. It has to be a, a stepping stone. And so I go, cool. Today, maybe all you do is press record on your phone. Yeah. You don't show anyone. You don't put, you know, you literally don't do anything. But you have to keep practicing. You have to do the uncomfortable thing. And in doing the uncomfortable thing, in practicing, one of my favorite movies of all time is Karate Kid. So like the wax on, the wax off, right? That's what you need to do. You need to, you know, paint fences. You have to wax on, wax off. So that when you get to it, you actually have the practice and the practice is what makes you competent. And it's the competence, the competence that gets you confident. But everyone, including myself, want confidence first. We want to feel good about ourselves before we actually get started. And to me, that is like the cart, um, putting the cart before the horse. And so if we can do things anyway, come up with a way of doing it, show up every day and be the learner, then eventually you get good. And so that's what radical confidence is. I love that because like the, the image that came to mind was like a little baby that's learning to walk, you know, yes. so compassionate and we're like just cheering them on when they're getting up and fumbling around. Like we don't expect them to know how to run and like run around the house before they've learned to crawl, much less walk. But we expect ourselves. Like we're, we expect ourselves to be able to do the thing before we've ever taken the time to learn it. And that takes trial and error and repetition and showing up consistently. Like everything, when I think about the things that I've learned how to do that I'm confident in doing, I've done over and over and over again. Mm -hmm. Like you've got to be willing to be a beginner. Yes. And I love that. And I actually have a shirt that is, it's, it says do, D-O, right? But it also stands for day one. Like how many, you know, of us give ourselves the grace that when we're trying something new, it's actually day one. And like you said, when we're babies, it's actually we forgive babies. When we're in college, we actually forgive that those first classes, right? We don't expect you if you're going to take like, you know, you're, you want to be a brain surgeon. It's not like on day one, they give you a scalpel and they're like, there you go. It's like, no, no, no. You need practice. You need the time. You need to fail. You need to learn. Um, but we don't do that in other areas of our life that become like whether we're just taking a chance in ourselves. Like forget about business, right? We don't give ourselves the grace to do that in our own lives, um, to make that change, whether it's, hey, look, I've, built, I've spent the last 10 years building this business and now actually I realize that's not the life I want. Like how do we 
get the confidence or the radical confidence in order to make that change. It's never about just feeling great and perfect that first day. And in fact, let me throw something else at you. What about women who, when they have their first child, no one ever says to them, oh my God, what are you doing? You don't know what you're doing. You've never had a child before. Right. No one says that. Everyone says, oh, you'll figure it out. Like just, just li literally learn on the job. Here, read these books. Here's a podcast to listen to. Right. Do the things I did and you'll figure it out. But if you went to someone and said, I'm going to start a new business, I'm going to leave this, you know, job or whatever, and I'm going to start a new business or any change, people would be like, but you don't know what you're doing. Oh my God, are you sure? Like all those concerns come out and it made me realize it's just the conditioning, our own condition that we've had about failure and trying something new. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. It's like the thing about becoming a mother and learning on the job. It's like, it's, we're not playing with hypotheticals. It's not like, let me <laughs> yeah. like to be a mom and like, I'm going to just play out the scenario and that's going to make me feel confident in being a mom. And only when I've done that, then I'll like take the step. It's like, right. By immersion, like experientially you're doing and that's giving you feedback in real time for what's working, what's not working. Let's do more of what's working. Let's, let's pivot and like be flexible in the areas that's like, okay, this is, this is not going to cut it. Right. Because yeah. I, a lot of people are playing, they, they live in their head so much. And tell me, like, if this is, has been your experience. It's like when you're trying to talk yourself into uh, feeling good about doing a thing or you're playing out all the scenarios, that's where your mind takes you, like, in my experience, down a lot of anxious thought roads. It's like, what if this happens? What if I sound stupid? What if they reject me? And we talk ourselves out of it as opposed to diving in and then because typically it never turns out as bad as we actually think it does yeah it's so true and and talk speaking of that like that voice I've actually allowed it now to speak because it used to cripple me and it used to be like that's what would stop me from doing anything because I was so fearful about do, you know messing up and embarrassing myself but now actually I listen to it because sometimes it's actually teaching me something and so it in the my book I call it um I'm not sure if I'm allowed to swear here so I'll be polite but it's like the mean girl in my head yeah. is now my BFF because the mean girl wouldn't shut up and so how on earth do I keep moving forward when that voice in my head is telling me I'm no good that I don't have the experience that I don't know what I'm doing and so to your point um, it would just keep spiraling and I couldn't shut it out. And so I was like, what if I just listened to her? Like, could that actually work? And so to your point of like, um, you gave a couple of examples. I think you said, um, what if I mess up or something like that? I actually started to sit there and go, okay, what is she trying to say? What if I mess up? Okay, well actually have a solution. What did you do mess up, Lisa? And so now what I've done is I've actually allowed my, uh, my, the voice in my head, the ego, to voice its concerns so that I can either A, tell it to shut up, B, come up with a backup plan, C, create a safety net, right? Or at least just be aware of that, that's a worry. Because now what I've done is I've allowed the critic in my head to become my coach. I've literally had her now teach me and tell me what I'm fearful of and then have a plan in order to mitigate that from happening. So like public speaking, I was petrified to go on stage. And when I started to let the voice in my head speak, it was like, oh, well, Lisa, you don't know what you're going to say. Okay, great. I'll prepare. So I spent the last month preparing, reading over, trying in front of my husband, recording it, rewatching myself. The other thing is, what if you mess up? That was a real concern. And so I was like, well, I guess I've got to have a plan for if I mess up. What if I just laugh at myself? They like, like babies, you know, when they fall on the floor and they look at their mother and they're like, should I cry? Like, right. it's kind of like they're, they're waiting to see how I should react. Yeah. The kids should react. Yeah. I kind of think of like that on stage. Have you ever seen someone on stage mess up and then the whole air gets sucked out of the room and that makes it even more scary. So I was like, okay, Lisa, what can I do to make sure that the air doesn't get sucked out of the room? Because I have to go on stage. It aligns with who I want to be. And so I just came up with the backup plan to laugh. Mm. And I actually did mess up on stage. I was like two minutes in and I said that my father gave birth to my grandmother instead of course the other way around. And so in that moment I froze and I was like, well, that would be weird. And then everyone started laughing and then I moved on. So I actually now very much use that negative voice in my head to help tell me what I'm about to face and then come up with a plan to help coach me into it. Yeah. I love that. Cause it like flips the script. I think so many of us are trying to like Okay, I just have to get rid of that voice. Yeah. Of, yeah. As oh, this can teach me something, and flipping it as like actually let me listen to it instead of mm -hmm. 
avoid it or shut it up or the fact that it exists in general means something about my ability to do this thing. It's saying like, oh no, it's going to tell me and give me feedback on how I can better prepare. How can I show up so that I can mitigate certain risks? Because there's certain things like exactly be prepared for and then recognize that some of it might just be yeah, a fear of like not feeling safe. And how can I, how can I create that for myself? Because when I think about the practice of getting to know ways, like what does that look like for you? Do you write that down? Cause I, there was a time when I was really in my head about this was um, early on in a relationship and my partner had said something about the dishes and it, created this whole story and spiral in my mind of like, oh, you're not a good partner and you're not doing enough and da, 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 like confident mm-hmm. partner, like, and my ability to be a good partner was like being triggered and challenged. And I went to my journal and I wrote down like all of the thoughts that that voice was saying. It's, and then on the other side, and then I read them and I was just like, this is a little ridiculous. I'm being a little mm-hmm. This is not actually based in reality and truth. And, but just writing it down helped me to distance myself from it. Do you like recommend that? Or how do you, how do you um, recommend for people to like actually befriend that voice? Yeah, I love, I mean, literally you just nailed it girl, because it is exactly that, is that allowing it space so that it doesn't become crippling. Cause sometimes when you just keep it in your head, it becomes, it like feels like this secret. It feels like, well, I can't admit that I'm actually thinking that. And there is something to then writing it down where it's putting your thoughts now on paper and then you see them for what they are. And so really I go to, okay, what is the goal that people are looking for in life? What is the thing that they want confidence in, in order to get to? So that's actually the thing is that people want kind of the cart before the horse. They want the confidence before they start, but actually, right, the confidence comes afterwards. So identifying that goal is primary. Then listing, what are all the reasons you're not starting on that goal? Because usually it's going to be the mind stuff, right? It's like, you're not good enough. Okay. What are you not good enough at? Well, you don't know how to start a business. Let's say that that's your, or you don't know how to start a TikTok channel. Let's just do that. All right. Well, it's right. You don't know how to start a TikTok channel because you've never started a TikTok channel before. So that would be your answer. Like, oh, thank you. You're right. Now, what do I do? Do research. Okay. With no emotion. How much research do I think I need to do in order to feel like I am, I am competent enough to show up? competent not confident or not even great right I, i'm not looking to be amazing it's just how do i show up because that becomes then the stepping stone that then stacks on itself is showing up um and so i think writing it down like what are those things that are getting in your way of a goal how do you mitigate it what are the things you're going to do to overcome it and sometimes it's just small steps right sometimes it's like i said earlier like i'm just going to press record on my phone and i'm not going to post it but now it allows you to go okay did i do that yes what does that say about you? I told myself I was going to do something and I did it. And now it becomes this confirmation of the fact that you're the person that can do something that you said you were going to do. And now just little by little, step by step, small little increments, you can start to build that so that eventually when you feel ready to press live or to press record on TikTok, you've really got that kind of stepping stones that now becomes your foundation. Um, so like, it's so important to yeah, give voice to it acknowledge it and then come up with a a plan to mitigate it when it starts to like rear its ugly head because that's also the thing sometimes it comes up in the middle of you doing it right the imposter syndrome where like as you're actually filming you're like oh god I can't believe I'm doing this like I was just on a live with Gary Vee and I was like I write a whole chapter in my book about the hell I asked Gary Vee to go to an event and here I am now on a live with him so if you go back Literally, it's an entire chapter about how to ask the hard questions and not take no as a reflection of your worth. And so when I reached out to Gary and asked him if I could come to one of his events, I knew him and it was like a bit of a friendship, but I was so petrified about the word no. And now here I am, three and a half years later, I'm on an IG live with him. Yeah. How do I get there? It's not like I started off, I woke up one day, I was like, I'm going to email Gary V and ask him to be on a live. It takes these stepping stones all along the way. Yeah. Well, and I think people look at, maybe they get on this live and they look at me or look at you and they're like, oh, they have all the confidence. In the <laughs> and that's so far from the truth. It's like, I was um, recently, there are people that have been so willing and like to help me in my life and my career, but it's also as a byproduct of me putting myself out there and putting myself mm-hmm. 
And I was asking a mentor, I was like, how do I take advantage of people who are saying they want to help? How can I help you? Like, what can I do to, to help support what you're doing? And same with like your book. And what I realized is that it goes back to what you just said is the first thing you have to know what you want, because I can't know and have the confidence to take you up on your willingness to help me if I don't know what I want help with, right? <laughs> Someone said in order, like, be clear with what, you, with yourself about what you want so you can be clear with others about what you need. And I'm <sighs> Okay, so I've actually, my lack of confidence was coming from a lack of clarity around mm. what you want. Because once you have the vision and the goal, now it's a matter of moving forward towards it. But if you don't know where you're, like, what the real goal is, you're like, uh, where, what direction are we moving in? So it sounds like, yeah. like what you're saying is the first thing is like, just get clarity about the thing that you want, because that's going to be a marker between where are you, where are you headed, and then the space in between is just the rep repetition of continually showing up and doing the thing over and Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I spent eight years being a supportive wife, staying at home, I cooked and I cleaned for my husband. I was a very good Greek wife. And, you know, it was, Quest came along, my husband and his business partners were starting this startup. And as the good traditional Greek wife, I thought, babe, how can I help you? And so I was just shipping bars from my living room floor, not expecting the company to grow at 57,000%. And so what I ended up doing was shipping bars from my living room floor one day. And then, you know, two years later, I've got a facility, 10,000 square feet. We're shipping out $80 million of inventory. And I have no idea what I'm doing. I'm literally learning on the job. And so, but even going back to that clarity piece of knowing what you need, sometimes I think it becomes a defensive mechanism, right? So when I was at home for eight years, I said I wanted to make movies, but I never got clarity on what that actually meant. And I think now in hindsight, if I had to ask myself why I didn't get clarity to your point of like really define what does that actually mean is because then now I've stated my goal so succinctly, what if I don't get there? Well, and now it requires you to actually show up and do something. Yes, yes. Because now you've said, you've claimed it, you've taken ownership, mm -hmm. and that requires you. Now, what, when you do that, now you have to step into being responsible. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And now it becomes more binary, right? Like, did you do it or not? Did you get there or not? Where it's like, you know, and which now I think is beautiful. I love being so clear on my goal because I need that North Star. Because I didn't have that North Star for eight years, I basically lived my life for everybody else. And I say now, you know, I was waiting for when my husband was happy, when he would come home from work, when we would have kids, when we had enough money. Like oh, so many of us wait for the when to happen. Um, because we don't necessarily have clarity or we don't actually want to look at the reality of our life. And that was me. I didn't want to actually look at the reality of our, my life. And so in my book, I've got a whole chapter called um, Open Up the Can of Worms and Embrace the Ick. And the can of worms is the hard question. Yeah. And the ick is everything that comes along with the hard question. So like, for instance, asking yourself, am I happy in this marriage? is a hard question because what if the answer is no? Now look at all the things that come along with it, especially like if you have children, like it comes with like, oh, okay, well, is your husband or your partner willing to work on it? Are you willing to work on it? Do you go to therapy? Do you actually get divorced? Who gets the house? Who gets the kids at Christmas? Are you going to die alone? Well, it's like, it, it like unravels all of these freaking like other questions that are so horrifying. Uh, hard to answer that I actually understand why so many of us don't ask it in the first place. And I think that's why we don't get the clarity so that we don't ask the hard questions. Yeah. And I think it's, it is in direct correlation to why we're lacking confidence because when you, what I love about confidence and the, when you look at the word, it's like co and fidence is from the word, like from the root word, like to confide when you look mm -hmm. like, to have the ability to trust yourself is a requirement for feeling confident in yourself. And you can't trust yourself if you continue to live in self-denial of your truth and you're afraid to ask, be honest. I think in order to trust yourself, you have to be honest with yourself. And that's what you're yeah. like, 
that means I have to have the hard conversations with myself and with the people or my team or my partner. And I have to be willing to go there because I'm only going to be confident in my choices and how I'm showing up in life. And that this is the true, like rich, authentic expression of who I am. If I'm living a life that's aligned with that truth. And if I'm not willing to look at it, even if that means I have to make some shifts and change, like that is where we're leaking our confidence because we're not trusting ourselves to know what we truly want. I don't believe that we, that many of us don't know what we want. We just hide behind the, I don't know, mm -hmm. right? So that we don't actually have to necessarily be accountable or responsible or change. Woo, girl, that was fire. So freaking true. And even just talking about trust, um, there's an, I want to add, like, I trust myself to know I'm going to get back up. Mm -hmm. That's it. Like, I actually don't even trust myself to know what I'm doing most of the time, right? It's like, that's the beauty, though, of expanding, of trying something new, of the growth mindset, is putting yourself in situations that you do find uncomfortable, putting yourself in situations that you don't have confidence in. But I actually have the trust in myself that if I mess up, if I fail, I can get back up. And to me, that is the beautiful thing, and I hold on to it strong, because here's the thing. No one else can impact that except me. Yeah. No one. If I come back stronger, that's me, no one else. And so I find that so um, motivating. Um, and so when I think about radical confidence, it's, it's not that I think I'm going to get everything right. It's just that I trust myself to know that if I don't get it right, I'm going to learn from it. Yeah. And that's that reframe of, of going from like, oh, I can fail to no failure isn't really an option. It's just about learning and expanding. Yeah. 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 It's like T Thomas Edison. I think it was, um, you know, he, tried the light bulb and like failed 10,000 times and when asked like oh well how did you keep going after you fa failed 10,000 times and he was like I didn't fail 10,000 times I had 10,000 lessons yeah. and I'm like oh my god that's so amazing because what if girl what if he stopped at number 9,998 yeah because he was like I just can't take another failure I just can't this is denting my ego mm -hmm. what happens then so it's like if you can reframe it, it becomes, oh, it's another lesson, which now actually is a good thing, right? You're, you're flipping that perspective of like, oh, I've just got more powerful for it. And, and here's the beautiful thing also about lessons. Again, no one can take that away from you. Right, right. So when we're going for the goal or like even being like so honest with ourselves that we're like, okay, this is really what I want, but that I want that and it scares me. Like to even claim that I want to write a book or I want to like go for a bestseller or I want to start a TikTok or whatever it is, like just claiming it and owning it is scary enough. But what would it like, what would it look like to get there in your book? You have a tool and I know you're all about giving people practical tools for like how to, to deal with the, the fear that keeps us from taking the action that we need. And I love that you and Tom do this around the no bullshit thing. Like, <laughs> tell us what that is and how can we play it with ourselves to really play out the scenario that the thing that we're moving toward, we're really like, that there is a, a way that we can get there. Or maybe it's not for us. Maybe this is actually not the direction we, I should go. Yes, God, thank you. I love this game. Like I actually, I joked earlier on like another live. I was like, maybe I'd like hit up Mattel and see if they want to like develop this game with me. But it's called No Bullshit, What Would It Take? And the whole point of playing this game is to say, what is your goal? What is your dream? Now that you've identified it, what is it actually going to take to get there? Because the beauty of this is to then step back and say, am I willing to do it? Because so many of us, and myself included, I was waiting. I was like, oh, well, when this happens and when this comes about. And so um, I was kind of just waiting for it to happen and not actually looking at what it would take. So, of course, what happened was year after year after year, I was like, why hasn't it happened yet? What's happened? You know, like you're looking back and you're kind of um, either saying, oh, my God, I shouldn't have done that. So I don't want regrets in future or blaming yourself that you're not there yet. So what I do now, you pause and you say, no bullshit, what would it take? So the easy example I give is a piano. I'm, I'm 42. So if I started to play the piano today and I wanted to be world-class, world-class, what would it actually be at me, Lisa Billu, at this age, I don't even know how to read music, what would it take for me to be world-class? So I would sit down, let's just say that's a dream of mine. I'd sit down and I'd really assess what it would actually take. So I would look at, let's say, the best pianist in the world, and I'll see what age did they start from. Okay, I'd calculate roughly how many hours they put in. 
And then I would say, what would that look like if you put in that many hours? Okay, well, I um, won't actually be able to go on vacation with my husband anymore. I um, Those Saturday nights that I like on my girls' nights, can't do that because I still have to put in the hours. Um, I really need a piano because this keyboard isn't actually accurate on like the sound. So now, because I can't really afford the piano, I guess I have to downgrade and sell my house and I have to like get an apartment and then get the piano. Okay, and if I do that straight for 15 years, then yes, yes, I'll be one of the best pianists. Well, now, is that the life you want? And then you just decide. Because what's going to happen is in 10 years, if that really was your dream, are you beating yourself up over yeah. where, if you're not the best pianist? So obviously I use the piano as just like an easy example, but I'm telling you, this, this game is genius. It's like it's helped once we started to play it in our real lives. Like nobody asked what would it like, look like to start Quest Nutrition. Okay, we have to put our house up for collateral. Is that, do we want to risk this? small startup protein bar company do we actually want to risk the house yeah okay well we know we need the finances so yes no bullshit what would it take it would take you putting up your house for collateral cool now that obviously the great news is it worked out but how many stuff don't work out right. you have to look at it with that type of clarity yeah i think so many people look at the people that are being celebrated in public and that are getting recognition and praise and are like at in their mind like the pinnacle of where they want to be. And they're like, I want to be like her. I want to be doing, mm -hmm. but it's like, but do you want to do what it took for them to get there? Right. It's like, are you willing yeah. the things that they did and make the sacrifices they made and put in the time and the reps and the, all of that to get there? Because that's the thing that I love about this game. It's just like, no bullshit. What would it take? Well, it would take a radical commitment, right? Am I? Yeah radically committed to the thing that I say I want. Otherwise, it's going to shine this big spotlight on the fact that I don't want it that bad. And that, mm -hmm. but let's be honest about it. That's what I love. Like, and I love that you just ended it. Like, that's okay. That's the beauty. That's the beauty right here on saying, oh, I actually don't want that. Now the most amazing thing is you're not holding on to something that you thought was a dream of yours. You're like, but I could have done this one day. Now actually you can go, you know what? I looked at the real hard truth and I don't want it. And that's like looking at you and you know how great you are, girl. Like to think about people, I'm sure, I'm sure, right? Look at you and go, oh, I want your life. Okay, well, when you know the reality of what it takes for you to have the life that you, you know, to have to be you, I think it is beautiful to see the truth in that. Like that's the most empowering thing for me because now it's like, oh, it's not easy. Now I don't want that. Great. Now you actually feel empowered to make the decision instead of feeling badly about yourself and saying, well, she's got it, but why don't I? Oh, because I don't work Saturdays. Maybe that's the reason or whatever. Yeah, it just gives you perspective and the ability mm -hmm. to choose and make an empowered conscious choice about what am I going to give my time and my energy to, which I can never get back. And so yeah. about where we're putting our, our like time and energy and that we know that it's going towards creating the life that we actually want, as opposed to just like leaking it energy or leaking energy, yeah. like wasting time doing what everybody else is doing. It's like, I say that the, when we get clear on what we really want, it becomes easy to say no to the things that aren't going to help us get there. Yeah. Right. Like we get to be like, is so this gonna help forward and make progress or no? Okay, so no, I'm not gonna go to that thing tonight, or like, no, I'm not gonna yeah. that that cheat meal, or no, I'm not gonna snooze the alarm, right? So it just yeah, instead of being confused about what's the next step I have to take, it becomes clear. It's like, is this gonna help me move the needle, or is it not? Yeah, having a North Star go is everything. Like, get so clear on that North Star so that you know anything that comes your way, whether it's another amazing business opportunity, whether it becomes a partner that you didn't maybe have and now your dating life is taking off. Like, be so clear in what you're trying to achieve in life so that you always know, if I make this decision, if I, like, go over here, does that align with my North Star and my goal that I'm trying to do? Yes or no? And the beautiful thing is no one gets to tell you. If it doesn't, you're like, ah, screw it. I'm going to do it anyway. Amazing. It's your life. But the whole point is to know when versus go over here. Like I call it in the book. It's like the squirrels. Did you ever see that movie with the animation and the dog sees the squirrel? And so it starts yeah. like, oh, squirrel. And it runs up this squirrel. So like I actually put in the book, like how do you kill the squirrels? Because let's face it, we distract ourselves so much in order to make ourselves feel better. 
And that's what I was doing for eight years. I was distracting myself from the mundane life that I was living. I didn't want to be a stay-at-home wife, but every day I had like these little gamification things that I would do to fill up my day, like grocery shopping, for instance. I remember the highlight of my day was, oh my God, I managed to carry five bags today all the way up the stairs. And yesterday I could only carry four, right? It's like, that's a mini distraction. Right. But what it does is it takes up time in my life and my energy so that I'm not looking at how unhappy I actually was in my life. It's so funny that even though in that in that reality, you were still setting small goals for yourself. Like I'm gonna take five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Instead of four today, because it's like we need to be feeling like we're making progress, even if it's outside the context of what we really want. We're like still like, oh, I feel good about myself today because I went that much. It's, it's so funny, and I was like, I think, you know, for me. I've always been somebody who just, you know, I had an expectation of what I wanted and then I would just go do. And I learned this like really young and actually like got tied into my identity around being a performer. It was like, oh, make good grades. I made good grades. And then, cause I always did what was expected of me, <laughs> expecting it of myself. As soon as I realized I could make good grades, now I expected myself. And I always got what I expected. I expected myself to, get the star role in the play or be the MVP. And I just continue to do that. And it led to a lot of success. But the thing is, it didn't always lead to fulfillment. And so mm. curious, it's like, how do you do you think not just having clarity on the vision and the goal, but like, how much is it important for us to ask, why do I want the goal? Like the actually the deeper thing behind like, I everything. I yeah, I actually, you have to start with your why. Because if you don't know why you're doing it, like anything, anything, if you're trying anything new, where, like it doesn't have to be a business, whatever you're doing, the chances are you're going to stumble. The chances are you're going to fail and fall. So the chances are you're going to face yourself. The chances are you're going to face your inadequacies, the things that you're not actually capable of yet. Yet, I want to say, emphasize the yet. Um, and so to not have, like your why, at least for me, is what pulls me over what pulls me through all of that because then I can just remind myself. So like at Quest, when we were first starting, my why was like, be, be the supportive wife and be a good wife, right? So it's like, I, I asked my husband, do you want help? Yes. Then we put up our house for collateral. So that changed my why. That became, but like everything was for external, right? It was like for my husband to be proud of myself, uh, to be proud of me. It was for me to save the house. As Quest started growing and growing, we started to get, letters from the community that I didn't expect so like one of the letters that I got was from this one girl she was like she'd been in hospital for she was about 40 pounds so she was anorexic 40 pounds in the hospital um and was trying to recover and she wrote us a letter and thanked us for quest bars she said quest made me okay with calories again and your community has now accept, has accepted me and I've never felt accepted with all you know my weight issues that I've had you want to know a why? That's a freaking strong why right there. So what I didn't realize I was doing is I was evolving from my why to be this fear-based thing to then become a mission. It literally was my mission every day like because my mom was borderline anorexic and then actually swung and became um, uh, clinically obese. And so I had seen weight issues in my family so much. I myself had a very unhealthy relationship with food. And so as I started to notice or see these letters at Quest, that every time I was fearful about how the hell am I going to ship this box? I don't know what I'm doing. I'm trying to figure it out. The UPS guy says, hey, you know what? We can probably take more bars if you actually bought a pa got a pallet. And I was like, oh, thanks. Mm -hmm. And then I went round to my computer. I'm like, what the hell is a pallet? I didn't know what I was doing. Yeah. But in those moments, every day, when you're facing things you don't know, what is that why? What are you going to do? How are you going to pull yourself out of it? And me, after I realized that the mission was the key piece to pulling the heart strings, that changed everything for me. So having a why to me needs to be the first step because then I knew why I was showing up every day. When something came at me that I didn't expect, when something came at me that I was inadequate for, when something came at me and I stumbled or fell on the floor, every time I would remind myself of that anorexic girl or that anorexic community, and I'd say, okay, Lisa, you can stop right now if you want, but you're not gonna help them. And that why pulled me through into changing my, you know, my mindset and how I show up every day.
Yeah, because it's like the soon, like as soon as you claim and decide and get clear about what you want, like inevitably that's when all the shows up. Like mm-hmm. all the opponents, external or internal, your own mind is going to push back because it's saying you're saying, okay, we're gonna change, and the brain's like, no, 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 we don't. But <laughs> where we're at, you know, and so it's like unless you know and are so like committed to why you started when you experience opponent or or like opponents or resistance or Mm -hmm. it's like what's the thing that's the driving me to continue when I feel yeah because I'd love to know like has there been a time where you're just like I want to quit like I want to give up no there have been so many times in the past couple years everything that people are living through they're like yeah like I don't me like I just want to give up and I just want to quit and I know having a deep why will get you through the how am I going to continue on but like how do you feel like stay confident in moments where you're just like I don't know if I can continue to do this yeah so I love this question girl so the question is are you quitting because it's too hard or are you quitting because you don't like it anymore or are you quitting because it's no longer your mission right like I'm yeah you should quit if it doesn't align with who you are and what you want in life I don't see that as a failure if you're doing it because it's too hard now you need to take a hard look because I do believe you can get better and so if it's that it's too hard in fact do you know who Nastia Lukin is she's um, an, an Olympian athlete and she, my husband interviewed her. And I remember when she was a kid and they're hardcore Olympians, you know, like kids like on like the bar, like it's so intense how much like workouts they have to do. And she was like, I don't know, eight or nine or something. And so she would like try, she was amazing. And on days that she really, really hated it, she would go to her mom, she's like, mom, I want to quit. She would be crying in tears. And her mom said, baby, you can quit anytime. But oh, sorry, baby, you can quit. But you can only quit on a good day. And what happened was, no one wants to quit on a good day. Right. And so it was the most powerful thing when she said, I was like, you're right. So many of us want to quit when it's hard, when we don't feel good about ourselves, when we're trying that new thing. But it's because of the emotion. It's not because of the thing. Right. And so you need to identify in those moments, is it the thing or the emotion that you don't feel good enough about the thing? That is a really, really powerful question to ask yourself or just like standard to set of like, I'm not going, same with like relationships. I'm not, if I choose to leave this relationship, it's not going to be right after a fight. It's not going to be right after. Right, right. right? Yes. Yes. Like I'm going to do it from a place of clarity and groundedness and like, like assurance that this is the right choice for me, not out of reactivity because I'm feeling Mm -hmm inadequate or overwhelmed emotionally because I think we sabotage ourselves I know you talk about this in the book it's like we we keep ourselves from actually being able to create that breakthrough or create the confidence or actually achieve the thing because like you were saying with Thomas Edison we don't know if we're on like the we're an inch from our goal like we're one chance like one opportunity one proposal and somebody's gonna say yes and so many people like quit before that and I think just asking yourself like or saying I'm not going to quit on a good day is a really really powerful way to make sure that you don't give up too too soon yeah and I've never run a marathon but I've built businesses and it feels somewhat the same thing um and everyone says that runs a marathon it's like oh the hardest thing is the last mile right so it's like the the not the the what is it the last two percent is the hardest percent to do so it's like that's why you need to know because when those hard days come when you're on this journey of trying to live the life that you want it is going to come moments of that and what if you are like you said on that last mile that the thomas edison the last lesson yeah it's like it's going to be hard and so just kind of embracing that it's going to be difficult and then asking yourself the no bs what is it going to take how where do i build my validation and my self-esteem from how do i show up every day what am i going to do if when when I fail, because trying anything new eventually will lead to some sort of failure. Um, Like all of these things are those little stepping stones that I think hold so many of us back 
that, and that's why I really wanted to make sure that I put it in the book. Like I was like, look, it's 10 no BS lessons. I'm not necessarily here to make you feel great about yourself, but I am here to tell you like the real no BS lessons for how to do it. Um, and like, even at the end, I kind of, I changed my mind, but I, like at one point I was going to write the last chapter as just like rinse and repeat. That was like going to be my last chapter. That was it. Because I think of anything in life that you're starting new, mm -hmm. it becomes a practice of mind, right? And so that doesn't mean that anything you're going to start new, right? It doesn't mean that just because you're amazing on camera, that other things you're going to be amazing at. But if you have the radical confidence, you've already built that backbone in knowing that you can enter the space, not knowing it, you can enter it insecure. And with radical confidence, you will figure it out. Yeah. I mean, because ultimately I think what you and I both talk about is being willing to be a student and a lifelong learner mm -hmm. business, the coachable brand, the coachable podcast. It's all about willing, being willing to be a beginner and learn how to do something better. And that has to start with admitting, I don't know it all. You know, if I'm the hardest person in the room, I'm in the wrong room. That my, my yes! time commitment of continually putting in myself in situations and around people where I am not the most experienced. I don't have the most knowledge or information or, or tools. Like I'm there to learn from you guys. And if you can embrace being a student, then it, you can release the need to be the expert 24 seven. Mm. <laughs> and that's so true. to not know it all and to be able to do the trial and error, which is necessary to gain the radical confidence, which I love. So what, like, who is the reader? Like, who needs this book? Who's really going to get the most out of it? And what can they, like, where can they get it? What can they expect when they open and they're like, ah, oh, thank you. I mean, well, actually, I'm, so I'm going to read the very first opening that I dedicate this book to, to anyone brave enough to pick up this book and consider change. And yes, it's pink on the inside. <laughs> um, but that's it really. It's like, I'm not here to tell you what life you want. I didn't want to write a business book that wasn't interesting to me. The biggest thing was how on earth, I, I stayed stuck for eight years. Why on earth did I not make a change? Why didn't I ask for more? Why didn't I believe in myself? Why did I let go of all my hopes and dreams and literally just relied on other people to bring me the excitement and the life that I wanted and how I ended up here today? What were those stepping stones? And so for anyone that's not living the life they really want, like, that's the book. This is the book for them. Like, really, because, again, it's not about this how you build a business. This is, what is that goal? What is that life? Do you have it? Yes or no? Yeah. If the answer is no, this book is like a blueprint. It's not a, like, make you feel, it hopefully makes you feel good, but it's so tactical. Like, I'm not here to just, like, give fluff. It's like, it's really the no BS things you actually have to do to get out of the life that doesn't serve you and then into the life that brings you so much freaking joy and makes your heart sing. Like, I'm so alive with my life now and I never used to be. And so how many of us are stuck right now not living that life? Radical confidence is for you. Y'all gotta, and here's the thing I tell everybody in the coachable community about this. It's like, you don't need book on your shelf just to say you have another book on your shelf it's like the, the <laughs> all we have the information and but lisa in this book it's not about just getting the house it's applying them like don't mm. and not actually implement what she says because it's about like like getting clear on your why learning how to make your your like internal voice your best friend and your coach instead of like your adversary like She's going to give you the steps and it's up to you to actually apply them and use them because you've got like, this is like the keys to the kingdom of the confidence <laughs> and they only work and you turn the knob, you know, and you know, the last thing I'll say about you were just saying, like, I stayed stuck for so long and why did I not take that step? And one of the biggest, I think, like beliefs that hold people back is this this belief that says it's not that bad, not that bad. And that will keep you stuck. We're like, but I'm doing great. We're doing great at quest and I'm serving my role and I'm supporting my husband. I'm doing, it's not that bad. You know what I mean? And if we just switched that from like, um, to like, I should just be grateful for what I have and I shouldn't ask for more. I shouldn't expect more. It's like, no, here's your permission slip to like actually go for the more. 
Yeah, God, that's so strong. And that's the thing with gratitude is, look, gratitude can be beautiful. In moments where you feel like um, things are going wrong for you and things are maybe going wrong, I think re, um, re shifting your focus and saying, well, hang on a minute. Yes, this may be going wrong, but it doesn't define me. Look how much you like, I have this, I have that. Like, I think it can be beautiful. But to your point, it was beautiful for like a month and then it kept me stuck for eight years because every time my mind started to go, oh, hang on a minute, I'm not happy. The other side of me was like, but be grateful, be grateful. Like, who am I to complain about my life when I have a husband that loves me? Who am I to complain about my life when I have a roof over the head? How ungrateful are you, Lisa? Right, like that's how, 100%. And so what I realized was, yes, I can be freaking grateful for my husband. And yes, I can be utterly grateful for the roof over my head. But God damn it, why the hell can I not also want more and want satisfaction in this other part of my life that actually makes me miserable? And the message is, homies, anyone watching, you can. You can ask for more. Yeah, so important. I know you've got an event coming up too, and I want you to be able to yes. about that. Where can, the book is releasing tomorrow. Is that correct? Or is it? After? It is, yeah. No, it's tomorrow. Super exciting. The Radical Confidence book is out tomorrow. You guys can all go get it. And tell us about this event that you're putting on and how people can get involved. Thank you. Yeah, thanks, homie. So um, I really want to, like, when I go to events, it's like I, my husband speaks. I see so many amazing speakers. And I was like, but I've never, like, it's never been my thing to hang out. And I was like, what would be, like, the radical confidence thing? And I was like, it needs to be, like, a party. There needs to be some games. But then also some, like, in-person activities. So I actually am positioned, like, I want to help people get radically confident in multiple areas of their life. And the event is completely free. So I'm having a, um, I'm inviting a bunch of my own personal homies who are incredible women. So we've got Nicola Pera, the holistic psychologist is coming on to help us get radically confident in our mindset. We've got Eve Torres Gracie, who um, used to be WWE champion and now has her own self-defense uh, practice where she helps women get radically confident in like defending ourselves so we're gonna have like in person like actual moves and stuff um and then we just have so many incredible people we've got daniel canty from boss babe who's gonna help us get radically confident in business and we're literally spending the day together and i was like i just want us all to hang out to see what really women are like when we all hang out we all support each other so we're all going to be doing these demos together and be learning together and so it's completely free they can go to radconlive.com that's radconlive Dot com and they can get a ticket completely free. Epic. Okay. We're going to make sure all of you have access to that. It's also going to be going live on the Coachable podcast. So all of those links and stuff will be available for you guys. Amazing. Check it out. This has been so good. Thank you so much for giving us a blueprint because I am like all for getting out of our comfort zone, doing the thing and normalizing that it's okay to feel the fear and to show up and to, to do it anyway. And that's actually what it looks like to be radically confident. I love it. Hell yeah, girl. Thank you so much for having me. This was such a blast. Fun. Yeah. TikTok welcomes you. We are very excited. <laughs> Thank you. You, you. you popped my bubble, girl. <laughs> You're welcome back anytime. And uh, good luck with the rest of your launch. We're excited. Can't get, wait to get our on the book. Thank you, sweetie, so much. I really appreciate it. Bye. Later.